What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my yeah, baby, man. and these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life, it chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last is? time that anybody has ever asked you a no question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Joining us now, straight from the Combine, a guy who, who uh, spent last week digging up all the surprises. He knew what the guys were going to run in the 40 before they ran the 40. John, Johnny Matches, Machota of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, coverage here at the Dallas Morning News and SportsDayDFW.com. John, thanks for being on with us. Oh, well, thanks for having me on. Well, you know, we, we were talking a couple of minutes before, before we got started here with Johnny, and he told me what a great city Grand Rapids, Michigan is. And so I, I just want to know. You're still I, stunned by that? I'm not only stunned by that, I, I think that that puts in, in, into question everything he's, he's about to say. <laughs> come on. Grand come Rapids, on. Michigan, Michigan, the garden city of Michigan. Yeah. It's, it's where all the boomers are heading, according to John. That's well, the truth. They're all, the, the young professionals are headed. How far is Grand Rapids from Detroit? Uh, I would say it's probably about two-hour drive, maybe two and a half hours. Basically, like a halfway point between uh, kind of Detroit and Chicago. I guess it's on the west side of the state. So, uh, yeah, on your way to Chicago, um, stop in Grand Rapids. Yeah, it's like driving from here to Tyler. Be like us for saying that that, that Tyler, Texas, is going to be the garden spot of, uh, of Tyler, Texas. <laughs> Tyler, Texas is beautiful, by the way. It is beautiful. It's in East Texas. It's in beautiful East Texas. So maybe John's right. So maybe he is. Let's talk Cowboys. All right. Let, let, let's talk about the, the Combine first. Now, John, you were there at the Combine. You have been to the Combine before. Uh, what, what was this, number what, for you? This is my third. Third. Third Combine for you. Uh, any differences this year over the previous ones? It's a little bit more exhausting because it was, it was more than just the draft. Because of, we're entering uh, the week before free agency, there just was a lot of uh, just as much free agency talk, especially with the Cowboys. And, and Tony Romo's situation, as there was uh, draft talk. And then, you know, it changes, too, for me, because you go from last year, you have the fourth overall pick, to this year, you have the 28th, and there's just a lot more uh, uncertainty there. So there's just a lot lot to cover there. Uh, as you guys know, uh, the Cowboys uh, are more available than most organizations. Um, you know, you get a chance to talk to Stephen Jones, Jason Garrett, Jerry Jones multiple times on the record, off the record, other people within the organization, and... Uh, so it's, just, it's a great time to gather as much information as possible um, because especially with the way things are at the star, um, you just don't have as much access as you used to do at Valley Ranch. So it's valuable in that, that standpoint for sure. What is the best off-the-record uh, thing Jerry Jones told you? <laughs> it's, it's okay to say it on here, too. Yeah, we, have, we don't have any listeners. Uh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding, Johnny. I wouldn't say this was an off-the-record, but uh, it was interesting how he uh, – in the middle of a conversation about, uh, you know, I think we were transitioning from Romo to talking about, 
Dak and some of the free agents and that, and he just started talking about Maker's Mark and how they're making a special uh, <laughs> special blend right now for the Jones family. And he just went into great detail about that. And uh, I mean, he really he's he's so awesome because uh, we go on the you know their luxury bus there. They park it next to the hotel, and, and we go on there. You know, four or five of us and. We, you know, they tell us that, you know, you're going to have about 30 minutes with Jerry, but that always turns into about an hour and 15, 20 minutes. So uh, it just goes all over the place. But that's really his setting. I mean, he's just really relaxed and uh, just, I don't know, he just, Jerry Jones, sitting around with Jerry Jones, especially when you're around these things, I take sitting down with Jerry Jones over any of these other NFL owners, that's for sure. So you were on that bus with Jerry getting drunk. So is that what you were saying? No, no, there was no drinking going on. He did offer us uh, if we wanted drinks, but... uh, uh, I declined. Okay, all right. So it was early in the day. Was there any conversation <laughs> about about the future of a certain Highland Park quarterback joining the Cowboys to, as a possible? You already hijacked this from talking about the combine to talking you about know, Tony. Wait, because people want to talk about what do people want to talk about? What is the number one, it, John? What is the number one thing people want to talk We're to you about? We're going to get to that, but he was just at the combine. We want to talk uh, about the combine. But I go ahead. That's a different number nine. I, and I wasn't I talking about that talk Highland. About Tony Romo, number nine. I, but, uh, I, I, Jerry Jones really doesn't talk a lot about John Stephen. Stephen talks a lot about John Stephen, but uh, uh, no, Jerry talks about a different number nine. Yeah, there you go. Uh, All right. That, look, I'm gonna, uh, no, no, I'm taking it back okay. from that, that uh, conversation about right. Highland Park quarterbacks. And no, but it, I was talking about the Highland Park quarterback who's at Highland Park High School, not the Highland Park quarterback okay, who's right. Jerry's neighbor. Obviously, obviously, John picked up on that. I did not pick yes. up on that. Yes. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> I'm not surprised. So uh, so looking at the combine, we, we saw who the, the, the risers were and the fallers, and we saw uh, you know Tabor run a 4 6 2, 40, whatever it was, which that, that, you know, maybe he'll do better at his pro day. That can't help his uh, uh, cause. I know that he has been mentioned, Tease Tabor, uh, the cornerback, as a potential Cowboys pick at uh, at twenty eight, um, do you think that a time like that might uh, give the Cowboys pause? It could, um, especially because of how deep the cornerback class is. You know, yeah. that's one of those things going into the combine. I was really like, you know, cornerback just makes the most sense here at twenty eight because your top, you know, four or five pass rushers likely going to be long gone by twenty eight, and kind of what's seems to be pushed back there are some of your better corners but now being out there and just talking to some folks that you know cover draft all year round it just sounds like it's so deep at corner that you might be able to get the same type of guy at 28 that you might be able to get at 60 and that's really where the the value of this draft is there's not really a lot of elite guys at the top you know so it's really not a great draft to have you know maybe picks eight through 20 as right. a, where you're better off if you have maybe multiple picks in the second round because that's really where you're getting your value so i've actually completely changed off in just one week of going thinking that they were taking defensive back at 28 so now i think uh that they won't do that there and that they'll address it a little bit later in the draft so if they're not going to take a cornerback then uh is it you know one of the things we saw at the draft also we saw john ross break uh, uh chris johnson's uh, uh combine 40 record uh, by running a four two two. Uh, and uh, and I think there was a lot of speculation that he would be able to do that. He's the Washington wide receiver. Um, I'm wondering if, if there was some talk that if he were available uh, at 28, the Cowboys would take him. And I, I think there was already talk that he was going to go higher than that. But do, what what are you hearing after the combine? Well, he's had um, he's having a, a shoulder surgery. He's had 
Uh, I believe it's some knee issues in the past as well. So I think that that stuff hurts him a little bit. He's, he's a shorter guy. Um, but, yeah, he, I think he's totally in play at 28. I, and I know that there's a lot of Cowboys fans that are just going to be less scratching their head if they take another offensive player in the first round. But, um, yeah, I think wide receiver is a serious consideration at 28. And, and he would be, uh, I, I feel, the perfect fit to kind of be the guy that takes the top off the defense, and then you could have Des Bryant doing his thing on the opposite side, and then you still have all this space for Jason Witten and Cole Beasley to do what they do underneath, and then Ezekiel Elliott as well. So I think he'd be the perfect complement. And I just thought it was interesting out there when D.D. Westbrook, the wide receiver out of uh, Oklahoma, was sitting there talking about his meeting with the Cowboys, and he specifically said that uh, that they went over with him. Uh, you know, how do you think you'd fit playing alongside Cole Beasley and Des Bryant? I mean, right there, it just tells you that they're already moving on from Terrence Williams. They know that they're not going to be able to come anywhere close to resigning him. So if you take away Terrence Williams, you know, you have this young quarterback, and he had Dak was outstanding his rookie year, but you you got to keep enough weapons on the field because I don't think that they're looking at that they're going to upgrade the defense that much. They're just not going to be able to. So this offense has to be dynamic again. And without Terrence Williams, you're going to need another outside receiver there. So don't be surprised if they do that at 28. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And to me, that's the, that's the way to go. You know, you, it, with that first-round pick especially, you have to take the best talent. You, because here's what's going to happen. If John Ross goes into the league – he had what last year at Washington? 18 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns, something yeah. like that? It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable production uh, to get. So it's not just that he's fast. This is not like when the when the Cowboys drafted uh, the kid out of Auburn, the wide receiver. Gosh, when was that? It was in the late or the early 90s. The 90s. Alexander, was that his name from Auburn? And, and he was fast, and that is all he this was. This before my time. I'm yeah, it's before your time. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I was talking to Barry, really. Uh, you know, this is a kid who's really fast and really it gives you some production. And I think this is something that the Cowboys, frankly, haven't had forever. They haven't had that kind of receiver, you know. And, and I think that when you have just what you said, he stretches the defense. Uh, it makes you have to respect other things. There's not a guy on this you know roster right now who who gives you that? Uh, and there hasn't been a, a guy who who gives you that. And, you know, Dez is Dez is obviously a big time scoring threat because of his ability to kind of to, uh, maul defensive backs and go up for it and fight for I, it and do all that. I, I think what you're forgetting. I don't think John Ross will be there at 28. I don't know. I don't know. He might be just because of the reasons that uh, that that John said. I think he probably won't. I think he will go sooner. It wasn't Alexander Wright, was it? Alexander Wright. That's who it was. Okay. Ace was his nickname. That's correct. I knew there was an Alexander in there. Yeah, yeah. very good. But yeah, I, I do think that that if somebody like that were available now, I I think less so of a guy like O.J. Howard, the tight end, who's considered the number one tight end in the draft, just because there are other tight ends in this draft who are also considered very good. But I think that's something they have to consider as well. Uh, and and I think when it comes down to it. I've seen people say, oh, you should take all defensive players in this draft. Listen, I remember, what was it, the, the 2012 draft, 11 draft, where they drafted all the defensive backs and they didn't have a first-round pick. It was a terrible draft. They ended up with nothing out of that bunch. Just because you draft a lot of something doesn't mean you will come up with something. And, and that's really what the Cowboys have been doing recently in the Will McClay era, if you will, is it's, they've really uh, – gone away from taking necessarily their biggest need in the first round specifically. They go after the best player available, and that's why the first round has been largely their, their greatest success. It's really made up for some of the misses they've had later in the draft. 
Uh, okay. So that's why I think that wide receivers totally in play there too. But I, I, I I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on OJ Howard. If he's there at 28, I think they're foolish not to take him. I don't think he has any chance of making it to 28. Um, but because of the uncertainty of Jason Witten going forward, uh, I think tight ends another major player. I mean, uh, obviously, if I was ranking them, DN and defensive back would be one and two. Wide receiver would probably be three, and then tight end would be four. Um, but if OJ Howard's there, I just think he's the kind of guy that can block in the running game coming from the Alabama system, and I thought he was severely underutilized as a pass catcher. I think he could be uh, a dynamic pass catcher and develop into that. And, and just because you don't know if you're going to have Witten more than one year, that tight end position gets extremely thin without Jason Witten. Oh, yeah. Your, Your Honor, I'd like to cross-examine the witness here. Are you saying, Mr. Sherrington, that if by some freak of nature the best available player is an offensive lineman, Cowboys have to take him? No, I'm not saying you. You know, it's not. You just said that. There's you just no said, hard and fast rules about any of this. They're just guidelines. You, you, that's how you get yourself in trouble is when you have hard and fast rules about this kind of thing. Or a quarterback. Or a quarterback. I mean, I, I you know, uh, if you look what, uh, uh, you know, we were just talking to, uh, you know, Mark Followell about the, the, the Mavericks. Name and, dropper. And he, and he talked about the, the Philadelphia 76ers having a glut of centers, and that's why they traded Nerlens Noel. But obviously, they were drafting. Their 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 attitude was, we're, we're accumulating assets. You want to model your franchise after the Philadelphia 76ers? No, I'm, not, I'm just saying. That's oh. I don't, I don't, and I'm not even saying they, what they did was right, because I don't think they got enough back. For Nerlens Noel, uh, I, I think that what they got for him was not enough. Although you know, Justin Anderson may turn into a real player, and if the you know if the Mavericks uh, do screw this up and make the playoffs and finish outside the top eighteen, then they lost their first round draft pick. So uh, I, I think they're they're certainly uh, that trade could turn out better for for the Seventy Sixers. The point is, it's like is that we go back to the Zach Martin pick, you know. Uh, they took him instead of Johnny Manziel. Uh, they took uh, uh, Travis Frederick at the bottom of the first round. These were things that they needed. And were criticized heavily when they took Travis Frederick. Uh, they were. I, and I still don't know whether you, you could have stayed where you were and gotten him in the second round. That, that's still I don't, a debatable point. Uh, when you screw up and take Gavin Escobar with your, with your second-round pick, that doesn't make that look so good. Well, but and that's I, what John was I, talking you know, about you know, a minute we, ago. It, it, they don't. They wouldn't if they just give Gavin Escobar a chance. No, stop we wouldn't be it. talking about Alabama tight ends. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! No, I, I agree with with John one hundred percent on this. If you 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 can always use talent, and and the thing is, is what fans don't think about is years after the draft, two years after the draft, three years after the draft, and you look back and you go, oh, this was a no brainer. Of course, they should have taken that wide receiver. Look at what he's doing now. He's you know he's a, a Pro Bowler. I think there are people in this last draft when the Cowboys took Zeke Elliott. A lot of people were very excited about that. But there were a lot of people who still questioned that. And, and not just fans, there were a lot of experts that questioned that pick and said, okay, they would have had a good running game even without him. Look what they did last year with Darren McFadden. Do they really need this guy? How much difference is he really going to make? And then he comes in and he plays pretty much like you think he's going to play, right? I mean, yeah. I, he, he looked exactly like the guy I thought he'd be because he's so well-rounded. Didn't catch enough passes out of the bus. Well, and that wasn't his fault. Uh, but but he's, he's everything they expected him to be. And now everybody looks at it like, sure, that was a no-brainer. I mean, what, there, there was not a better pick they could have made there unless Joey Bosa had been available to them. Which he was. Which he was not. He was taking the pick before that. So, I, yeah, I think these are all excellent reasons to, to feel like whatever is there, to think that you're going to get the top defensive end when – when it when when history has shown uh, in that first year, it's very difficult for these pass rushers to make an impact, even the top ones. Uh, Joey Bosa had a pretty good year. Joey Bosa did, but he was the he was the top defensive end in the draft, and he had what ten and a half sacks. John, does that sound right? 
Yeah, it was around there. Yeah. So ten and a half. Mean, there's just not. I mean, there, I mean, Miles Garrett is is I better than Joey Bosa. Oh, I yeah, think so. Absolutely. Picking, yeah. He's not a Von Miller. One, yeah. Yeah. But after, I mean, there's just such a big gap between Miles Garrett and everybody else in this draft. And even going to what you mentioned earlier about where they take an offensive lineman, you know, they could use an offensive tackle to replace Doug Free going forward. And if this was a really good offensive tackle draft class and maybe one slid to them at 28, I guess I wouldn't completely dismiss it. But it just really isn't that deep in that position. Uh, so I don't think fans would have to worry about that. So I, I, I mean, yeah, best player available, but I don't think that it would be an offensive lineman. It won't be a quarterback, and, no. and it won't be a running back after no. taking Ezekiel Elliott. No, you just you, you you take you you weigh all these things, right? You got a guy. This is the guy that's the top guy on your board. This is your top needs here. How close does it come to matching those two things? I mean, you're weighing all of this kind of stuff, and obviously, uh, to me, there's. To me, I don't even as much as I have plugged for them over the years to draft quarterbacks. I don't see the need to draft a quarterback this year. Uh, you know, if if one were to fall to you in the fourth round and it was a guy that was a real prospect and you really liked him, that'd be one thing. Now, I wanted to ask you about that. About since we're talking about quarterbacks, you know, I kept saying all along that I thought that Pat Mahomes will go in and be the best quarterback. Yeah, you did at, at the combine. It's, it's just from a testing standpoint, did he hold up to that prediction by by me? I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he did well. I just still think that there's a lot to his game that still needs to be. I, I just, I don't know how how easy the transition is going to be from what he did in college to what you, he'll be asked to do in the pros. But then again, it's like the Dak Prescott thing. It's well, how is the offense going to kind of fit that guy? Because if you look at what the Cowboys had been doing previously with Tony Romo, I certainly didn't think that a guy that's never taken a snap under center uh, was going to come in and, and and do as well as he did, and they adjust the offense to him. So. You know, same thing with Robert Griffin in Washington his rookie year. They adjust the offense to him. So maybe if he gets to the right situation, um, then, yeah, I can see someone taking him in, in the first round. But, you know, kind of like the, uh, you know, that's the other thing about <laughs> Miles Garrett. The reason he stands out so much over everybody else, too, is that there really isn't that premium quarterback in this draft. It's going to be very hard to predict, you know, the order that these quarterbacks go. And, and just because you know how important the position is, you know teams are going to take quarterbacks, there's going to be, at least two or three that go in the first round, and, and Mahomes, I could I could see working in there. I just don't think he'd go above maybe, you know, Mitch Trubisky from from North Carolina. And the guy I like the most, and that, and this is a lot has a lot to do with just the Dak Prescott comparisons, is, is just Deshaun Watson from Clemson. And, yeah. and I, I say the Dak Prescott stuff because you saw him in college play at a high level in big moments. I mean, uh, Alabama's clearly been the gold standard in college football for the last decade, and I don't think anybody's played as well against them as he has in his two games, the last two years, the national title game. So he's got a little bit of that. Yeah, he might not have all the measurables that you love, but it really does have that Dak Prescott. Well, when the bullets are flying, though, this guy's when it, when he's at his best. So I think he's a guy that might slip in, in, in that first round and, and might two, three years down the road, you might start looking back and going, this, was, this guy was clearly the best quarterback in this draft. I, I, think, those, I think the two best quarterbacks in this draft are, are Watson and Mahomes. I, I think that Mahomes, what you'll find uh, is that, first of all, he's a really bright kid. You know, graduated early, uh, very smart, really wants to learn. He's, he's uh, very bright. And, and when you – he carried uh, – and I know that that sounds, doesn't sound like a lot because Tech wasn't very good. Yeah, I was, I'm thinking – But he's, he, he was good for two wins a year at least, that team. He was, he was doing things – when you watch him play, 
I, I realize people will say, well, he doesn't set his feet. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do all that. Right. Well, it's, it's a lot of it's because he, he didn't have he time, time to do yeah. that uh, with, with tech. He's running for his life and he could do those things. You know, he could run one way and flip it back the other way. You know, he was a baseball player, a big time prospect. Of course, his father was a major league baseball player. He's a tremendous athlete. I, I really think to me, we, we always make the Brett Favre comparisons with, with people. I think that he's got a lot of Brett Favre in him. And, and Brett came from a program that wasn't great at, at Southern Miss. And, uh, and I do think, as all quarterbacks, they all have to go to the right place. If, you know, none of them turn out well if, uh, if they don't uh, end up in the right program. With, with, you, know, you look at Andrew Luck, to me, as, as ready-made as any quarterback in the NFL. But he goes to Indianapolis. Where they where the offensive line's terrible and where he's just getting killed and you know his 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 health has been in peril essentially since he's been there and and he's not turned out to be uh, the savior that I think everybody thought he was going to be I don't blame that on him at all I blame it on the fact that he went to a, a team that uh, had done a poor job of surrounding him with talent so that's that's yeah, going to be the key drafted if you redrafted everything if you if you completely cleared everybody's roster in the NFL right now and did a a league-wide redraft. I don't think Andrew Luck is on the board past maybe three or four. I really do think he'd be one of the top five players drafted. I, I think there's a lot of teams that look at him as if they, he was in a way better situation. He would be in that class with the oh, uh, that, that, Roethlisberger's and Aaron Rodgers and all those. That, that, that's a great. Who who else would you have in the top? Who would be your top five? Rodgers would definitely be in there. Um, yeah, I'd say Brady just because he's won so much, but I kind of want a guy that's a little bit younger. But right. my top five would be all quarterbacks, you know? So, I mean, it would have to be... You can't get uh, all quarterbacks, can you? Don't you have to run Von Miller in there somewhere? I mean, sure. I I just... The quarterback thing, this the success you've seen Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have in their late 30s. It kind of goes back to when I was on your guys' show last week and we talked about the comparison between Dak and Zeke and how, well, you're only going to have Zeke probably, even if he's really good for maybe seven or eight years with the quarterback, you might have him for 15, you know, or plus years. So I would probably lean towards quarterbacks. But, yeah, if I was going away from quarterback, um, the next would be either uh, left defensive ends, pass rusher types, or uh, a left tackle because they can generally do it at at a high level for a long time. But, yeah, Von Miller would be in discussion too. But I'm telling you, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers would probably be among my top two, I don't have everybody's I, name in front of me right now, but that's yeah. where I'd go. Well, especially on uh, from from the standpoint that uh, what he could you know bring when he was at Stanford, you know, he was you remember him running over people. Uh, you know, it wasn't just that he was smart; he was such a physical quarterback. You know, he's big and and but now he's he's been beat up so much. Now he's had internal problems. I mean. You know, organ problems. Uh, I mean, he's had he's had uh, he's just been beat up so badly, and that's just kind of really kind of stinted. And, and, and people don't talk about him anymore because of that. But, but at least from the media and the, and the fans' standpoint. But I think you're right. I think that, that that's that talent, that skill set is still there. At, at the risk of being accused of hijacking again, go go ahead. If you I want to ask. We're talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. I want to ask about Tony Romo. Houston is that is that the destination that that. You, you're now thinking, was that the talk of the Combine? Going into the Combine, I thought it was Houston for sure. Coming out of the Combine, Houston's still in the mix, but I'm actually bumping Denver ahead of them. Uh, just the way John Elway, you know, like I said, we get Jerry on the bus for an hour and ten minutes. A lot of the other GMs just go to the podium and talk for, you know, five or ten minutes and maybe do another five minutes of a little walk-off uh, interview to the side. But I couldn't believe that seeing there, John Elway was actually talking – 
almost the exact same time Jason Garrett was talking at a podium right next to him. And, uh, you know, John Elway, he can't say Tony Romo's name. If you ask him something about Tony Romo, he's going to say he's on another team. I, I, you know, that's tampering. I can't comment on it. So he never was, was posed any questions like that. But whenever it was talked about the free agent quarterbacks and what he has on the team right now, uh, just the way he was, yeah, you know, we're, gonna, we're open to it. We're going to look and see what's out there. I just couldn't believe he didn't just close the door on that because he could sit there and say that, yeah, we're, we're happy with what we have at quarterback. And, and then when Romo becomes available, then sit there and say, well, we didn't know Romo was going to come available and just lie. Right. But he didn't. And he was open to, uh, you know, and when he says that, it's like there's no other quarterback he's talking about in the free agent market that they'd be willing that they think is better than Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon. So they clearly was talking about Romo. And just, you know, kind of things you hear when you're there. Uh, I mean, I just feel like Denver and Houston are so far in front of everybody else um, that, and those two make the most sense, and we knew that going in, but uh, Denver moves ahead of the Texans for me right now. Yeah, they're very similar situations uh, in that uh, the the Texans have a really good defense, and if they had had any kind of def- if they'd had any kind of offense at all, any kind of play from their quarterback other than Brock Osweiler in that playoff game against the Patriots, when they had them down early and they were really beating up Brady at that point, they could have seized the momentum at that point, and who knows what might have happened. I'm not saying they would have won that game, but they certainly would have made it a lot more interesting than it turned out to be. So I can certainly see that as a possibility. You know, Of course, the, the question is uh, they've committed, I think, uh, I think Oswater counts $16 million against the cap next year, uh, some, some ridiculous uh, you know, number like that. For the, they're getting less bang for their buck. At, at quarterback than any other team in the NFL because Brock Osweiler last year didn't even look like an NFL quarterback. He was so terrible. Uh, so, uh, to me, that's the question. It's one of those two. I just think that Denver has always made the most sense. I didn't care what John Elway said six months ago when people were writing, oh, see, he's committed to Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch or what people were saying in the combine where now it looks like he is. I just think you did this with Peyton Manning, and you took a guy who, would, yes, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he was clearly at the end of his career. The nerve damage he had sustained in his neck had clearly limited his, his throwing ability. He was a shell of himself, and yet they took him and went to a Super Bowl with him and, and won one. And then, and then Elway himself winning it at 37 and 38 years old, clearly at the end of his, of right. his tenure. That's what, another reason why I think it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And, so, and, and, this, and you hear the talk also, oh, well, you don't want to, you know, to uh, stymie the, the, the development of a guy like Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon. It's like, are you kidding me? That's what you're really worried about is, is, is stopping their development? What you're worried about is taking this window that this defense is presenting for you, and you're trying to win everything you can with it right now. And the, and the thought that the, if you got to sign Tony to a three-year deal, which is I'm assuming that's probably what he's going to want at least, uh, is that if you get two years out of Tony – uh, that were, were quality years and put you in contention for the Super Bowl, then you got everything you could possibly have wanted. And these two guys sat behind him and they learned. Did you see what happened to Andrew Bogut in his debut yesterday with the Cleveland Cavaliers? What in the world are you talking about? He broke his leg. Yeah, I know that. Okay. That's all I want to say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Barry, Barry clearly has entered his senility. No, uh, right, it's not. Right here on this <laughs> no, podcast. No, no, no. Right here on this podcast, no, no. you went off the charts. No. I cannot believe that. No, I, I just want you to be aware how... Doug, mark that down, would you, what time that was? Okay, when that happened. So anyway, to my point on that, uh, you know, what do you feel about the... Uh, do, you, do you think the Broncos would be worried about the development of those two young quarterbacks? 
I really don't think so, and that's because of kind of what you mentioned with the where that defense is right now. You can't sit there and wait with this defense. You've got to strike now. There's no guarantees three, four years from now if that's how long it takes a Paxton Lynch to get to the level where they think he can be at. I don't think it. it I, I really don't think that it would be a problem for either of those guys. I don't really think it was going to be a problem here if they went back to Romo and uh, and and bench Dak. I just don't. I don't believe that. Well, with one with Dak Prescott, I don't believe he's that mentally fragile that 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 would have just ruined him or anything like that. I, I understand why they did it and made sense for the Cowboys, but I don't think that that hurts Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon. I think they can learn from uh, watching Romo and uh, be ready to step in. I just the quarterback position is tough. What Dak Prescott did last year, you just can't really expect guys that continually just step in like that no. and uh, have the success that he did. So. Um, I don't. I don't think it would be bad for them. And really, frankly, I don't care. I'm trying to win through a bowl. Well, so absolutely, if, Tony, absolutely. if you feel like Tony Romo can be healthy, then then go get Tony. Romo. Absolutely right. One last thing about that whole quarterback. Because how many years did Aaron Rodgers sit? Was it three? I think it was three. three. Yeah, I think he sat three years. If it was okay for Aaron Rodgers to sit for three years, it's okay for Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon to sit for three years. And and I agree with you about Dak Prescott. You know, I think what's going to happen now is that in fans' minds, this ruins the whole quarterback development plan that everybody's going to expect, well, look what the Cowboys did with a fourth-round draft pick. They got a guy who played at a Pro Bowl level in his rookie year, and he was a fourth-rounder. Why can't our guys get that? And that's what everybody's going to think now, and that he is he has skewed the entire model for everybody from here on out. All right, we're going to go over a list of names here. Barry has a list. And he's, he's, I've done he, research. He's done his McCarthyism here. He has McCarthyism. A, I have a list of names here. Remember, he always had the list. Is that of names? Eugene McCarthy? No, not Eugene. Charlie McCarthy? No, that was not Charlie. Either. What do you bring up, Joe McCarthy, on a podcast in twenty in the year twenty seventeen? Did did not our president of the United States bring up McCarthyism recently in a tweet? Yes, he did. Okay, so we're no, so we're back in the fifties now with, well, with a Wisconsin <laughs> senator. Apparently, we are. Apparently, we are. But you have a list of names. All right, so here's what we're going to do, John. We'll give you the name. You say buy or sell. Cowboys, should they keep them or, or, or dump them? And you can have one sentence, one sentence only, uh, to explain your reason. Wow. This is tough. Okay, let's start with Brandon Carr. Buy or sell? Buy, but they're not going to be able to keep them because they have no money to keep anybody that's going to sign. It's going to be offered a decent amount of money. So buy, but I don't think they're going to be able to afford it. So you're saying buy, B-Y. E, right? No, B-Y. B-Y. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, not buy, B-U-Y. Buy, Brandon Carr. Buy you or buy. You know how to spell B-Y-E. Maybe, maybe we should call this buy or buy. Yeah, buy. Buy or buy. Or buy. And yeah. You just say. Okay, uh, let's go with his cornerback uh, uh, buddy, Mo Claiborne. Buy also, and I think there's a good chance that he's, he's a guy that would be more in their price range. He didn't really have a big... Uh, market last year and he got hurt again this year even though he did show a little bit more upside i think they buy on him and and you know kind of hope that he stays healthy for a full season i don't think that's gonna happen i, I think they may end up doing that but he's not gonna stay healthy i just okay. don't think he can okay here's here's a bye-bye that's what we'll call it. bye-bye ron leary right gone yeah they i mean they'd love to have him back i mean there's no question about that but this offensive guard market i mean they're starting to get paid like offensive tackles and uh, because of that I, I can't wait to see about two, three years from now uh, where the left tackle market's at and what Tyron Smith's making. Because, you know, he signed that 10-year, $107 million contract right. uh, a few years back. And, man, at the end of that, it's going to be – he's going to probably be around like the 15th or 20th highest paid tackle in the league if they don't do something else with his uh, his contract. If he just if he 
stays with that one. So, uh, yeah, crazy how with the market's going. Yeah, Ron Leary, there's just no way they can bring it back. Barry Church? Buy for sure, but uh, being out in, over in Indianapolis, it certainly sounds like there's he's developing a market, and uh, uh, there is not a really deep safety class here. Uh, so as much as I think he'd, he'd love to stay with the Cowboys, he was one of their defensive captains, I don't think they're going to be able to resign him either. That'd be a loss. That would be a loss. Yeah. Mark Sanchez. I'm, yeah, I'm selling on that. <laughs> I just it doesn't make sense, uh, really, with what they're doing. I, I would, you know, talking to Stephen Jones for several minutes just about the backup quarterback position. Sanchez's name was never made. I mean, I've never even mentioned it was is almost it was 100 percent Kellen Moore. So I don't okay. I don't see them going in that. Direction. All right. What about Kellen Moore? Yeah, Kellen Moore. Yeah, he's he's staying. He's staying. Okay, Darren McFadden. I think he's a good. I would buy, yeah, um, but he's another one that I don't know. They have so little money compared to everybody else that I just don't think out of these eighteen unrestricted free agents they're going to be able to even bring back many of them. Let alone, you know, all the stuff you hear about anytime any other free agents out there, a big name guy, and how well maybe the Cowboys can make a play at Brandon Marshall or Jamal Charles or Adrian Peterson. It's just not happening. So. Uh, yeah, it'd be, I think he's a good fit with with uh, with Zeke, but I think he's gone. Let me just say about that too. Uh, I, I don't understand the uh, uh, the pursuit of veteran running backs, especially uh, be your backups. To me, this is where you you draft running backs or you sign them as free agents. And you bring them in to be that. I, I just don't understand spending money on the on a guy. It was like the talk about Adrian Peterson coming here in the first place. He was not going to come here to the Cowboys to be Zeke Elliott's backup running back. And did you really want to take carries away from Zeke Elliott no. to allow Adrian Peterson to run? No. No. I mean, it just that's just that was, crazy that, talk. For as long-winded as you guys know Jerry Jones is, when I asked him about Joe Mixon not being at the Combine, by far his shortest answer, he just said, we got our back. That's all he would answer on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely so, right. That to me spoke – it spoke volumes not just on the Joe Mixon situation and, and how he wasn't interested in that, but just the also the fact of, you know, you always hear these rumors about Jamal Charles and Adrian Pierce and these other guys coming to the Cowboys and pairing them with Zeke. I, that just doesn't make sense. I mean, as good as he was last year, I think they're trying to get him even more involved. And I know you mentioned earlier, Barry, about the passing game. That's, I think that's their goal, get him even more involved in the passing game as well. I don't think they're trying to... Yeah, find a way to get him off the field. They want to give him as many touches as possible. I, I speaking, think, speaking of the passing game, Terrence will – oh, do you want well, to say no, something? One, one last thing about that is that yeah. it goes to Jerry's history as well. When he had Emmett Smith all those years, you know, you know how many running backs he drafted? None. I believe he, I believe Sherman Williams was the only running back he drafted while Emmett Smith was a Cowboy. He, was a, he, he designed great paint, didn't he? Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Sherman Williams? No, no. Well, the other thing is, though, too, is with this offensive line, that if Zeke was to suffer some major injury, uh, you could bring in a guy – that you know, maybe a lot of other teams would have been interested, and I think he'd be okay behind this offensive line, at least be able to uh, kind of withstand until Z comes in. And then the other thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a running back late in this draft, like they did last year. Darius Jackson, they got him in the sixth round. If he wasn't claimed off their practice squad, I think he would have a really good chance of being their backup. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like in the sixth or seventh round, they don't look for a running back there potentially yeah. uh, put in the mix. And so we all agree, Terrence Williams is the the wide receiver is gone. Bye bye. What was yeah, that? Bye bye. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin thumbed him out of here. Just thumbed now. him out. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not on Facebook him. Live anymore. You got to speak. You, oh, can't, okay, you, can't, okay. you can't give me that. <laughs> uh, did we say anything about Lance Dunbar going? Or is he staying? 
I mean, I don't think he's going to have very. I don't think he's going to command very much money. No, he's so hurt. Maybe there's a possibility there, but I'm just trying to get younger at the running back position, and he has injuries uh, with the knees and that. And I mean, I guess if it's just a ridiculously cheap deal, then yeah, I'd do it. But uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, the younger running backs is w- the way that this league is trending, and I would rather draft somebody or uh, but just. And this has a lot to do with their cap space too, or uh, sign an undrafted uh, rookie free agent because that's the other thing, like. The, the the Cowboys over all these other teams have such an advantage because so many of these guys always talk about how they want to play for the Cowboys. They have a, a huge advantage when it comes to these undrafted guys that they end up signing that they're actually working on. Like when the you know in the final rounds of the draft, they, they kind of know, hey, if you don't get drafted, call us, you know, we'll sign you. And I just can't see a young running back that 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 makes it out of the draft that that wouldn't pick the Cowboys over every other team. Uh, just looking at what their offensive line is, so I mean that's always a possibility as well. Wouldn't you also have to look at who their running back is before you wanted to come join this team? Yeah, but you very just what sure, you said. If you're an undrafted guy, hurt, though, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you're an undrafted guy, you're not expecting to play anyway. But you're just looking at the best situation, and you think, "I am one guy away." If Zeke gets hurt, then I get to play behind this great offensive line, and, and I could really make some money. All right, I know that we're going to have a lot of controversy about Gavin Escobar. Wait, Kevin's ra- raising his hand. Well, no, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, oh! Evan Grant has texted that he's now ready and surprised. So now Kevin's going to want to just. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to you know you. that. He, they, I, I read he how to, I know how to read it. Barry text. Horn has zero peripheral vision. I, I, I got something. the text. Oh, I got quit the text. Yelling! You're yelling! Stop! But, but I just, I just want to finish this because I, I know the, we'll have great controversy in here over whether she keep or, or release Gavin Esco, let Gavin Escobar walk. Yeah, Terrell McLean. Yeah, I would. They would love to keep him. Radmer and Nelly would love to keep him. But he, from again, just talking to some folks out in Indianapolis, he's got a little bit more of a market than I was expecting too. So I think he's gone. And I think that they make up for it by moving Tyrone Crawford back inside. So just they keep just moving him around every other year. So I think he goes back to defensive tackle, and your starters are Crawford and Willie Collins. I, I think that uh, the, the Seahawks talked about or or talking are supposed to be in the market for McLean. And you heard that. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's a, there's a couple other teams. Uh, I heard there was two or three that were involved in trying to – that's the thing is if, if the Cowboys have no money to get in a bidding war. So right. if there's multiple teams that are willing to spend some money – the Cowboys are more in a position where, you know, with their own free agents, they're, allow, they're allowing them to kind of see what the market is for them. And if, they're, if, they're, if they come back to them and they're willing to kind of work something, then that's maybe how they can keep a guy. But they can't get in a bidding war. They have no money to get in a bidding war. All right, so if if they could sign anybody who's going to be a free agent, who would be their number one target? He's talking about outside. Outside, yeah. Oh, uh, outside the organization. Um, it's tough. It's tough to predict who this year is Benson Mayoa, but I mean that's what they'd be going after is another mm-hmm. Benson Mayoa, a guy that's you know young, but it's more about upside. And, and this really, this class of pass rushers isn't that great anyway. This is really one of those where, you know, you, we've talked before about Olivier Vernon last year. There's really not a guy in this class that even if they did have a ton of cap space that you really would break the bank for as a pass rusher. Um, but I think that that's, that's the most likely of a player not on their own roster they'd sign is maybe a, a pass rusher that is kind of a bottom-of-the-barrel guy, makes it, you know, past the second week of free agency that they're kind of, hey, we think there's some upside here. But this is the thing. They they don't bring in, like, older defensive linemen. It's going to have to be a younger guy. You know, that's why I always think it's funny when people bring up DeMarcus Ware, and then last year, you know, uh, there, there were a couple different guys that they mentioned, oh, this guy would fit with the, with the Cowboys. They just really don't do that. And uh, so there's not really anybody out there that I can point to right now that I look at. I think they'd like to keep Jack Crawford because uh, his versatility and he works. Mar- Marinelli likes him a lot, but even him, he might – 
get a decent offer in the open market, they might not be able to match. So basically what I'm trying to say, if you're a Cowboys fan, uh, it's going to be a depressing uh, couple weeks of free agency. <laughs> and on that note, we'll let John go uh, as he talks about the depressing uh, free agent market about to. Let me say this. Let me say this real quick, though. They have $3.2 million roughly under the cap on this new, when the new, year, new year, league year begins on Thursday. And then you have teams like Cleveland that has $103 million. Well, the difference is because the Cowboys have good players. They've had to pay guys. They've had to pay Tony Romo, Des Bryant, Travis Frederick, Tyron Smith. Um, and then they have to pay Zach Martin going forward. They have players in the roster, Sean Lee, um, where Cleveland does. So if you draft well and you're keeping your own, you're resigning your own, then you're not going to be a big player in free agency. And that's really the goal for everybody. You know, it's very rare that you see a team that's playing, you know, deep into the playoffs that did it because they were big spenders in free agency. It's the teams that draft well and keep their own. And so because the Cowboys are doing a good job there, you know, they, they deserve credit for that. But I just feel like free agency is such a big deal in, in, in the four major sports, and everybody talks about it. But it's becoming less and less and less significant in the NFL by the year. All right, before we let you go, and we have to let you go because Evan Grant is now texting furiously that we have to get oh, to him. Have okay. to get to him. Who's going to be the winner in the Gavin Escobar sweepstakes? <laughs> Stop wow. it! Oh, that's a that's great. I I. Couldn't even tell you. I don't. I don't think it's going to be the Cowboys. I think they're they're going to go no, you're another sp- direction. You were supposed to say the Cowboys because uh, he's because he's going to be leaving the yeah, team. I think he goes back to San Diego and he teaches uh, high school. Uh, he coaches high school football. All right. Oh no, there's going to be a spot for him in the NFL. He, his size, athleticism, his pass catching ability. Somebody will use him in a situation where he doesn't have to be a blocker. Are you but are you saying he's going to be the new Marty B? Is that what you're saying? I don't know if he'll be that good, but I think that he's got a spot in this league. I just see it can't be in a system that's going to be a run first offense like the Cowboys have. That just doesn't, that's not a fit for him at all. He needs to be in an offense where they spread it out a little bit. Which more. tells you why that was such a bad pick uh, with a second rounder who couldn't block. Uh, so, uh, John, we appreciate you coming on. We're glad that you're back. You made it back from the combine <laughs> and uh, that you uh, didn't get. Uh, Drunk on the bus and start driving it around the uh, the parking lot with Jerry, the two of y'all singing uh, ninety nine b- bottles of beer on the wall, that kind of thing. John, I'll see you, John. We'll see you next week in Grand Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I look forward to it. Thanks, John. All right, see you guys. Be well. There goes Johnny Machota, uh, he, a legend, a legend already, a already, young legend, a young legend. Yeah, we're establishing young legend. Yeah, Johnny's a great kid. Does a good job. Um, so we've had our, our Mavericks podcast with Mark Followell. We've had informative, our, our, terrific. We've had our yes, as always, our, our Cowboys slash draft slash combine slash free agency chat with John Machota. Informative and terrific. Yes, it was. What yes, do we got coming up? And then we got uh, <laughs> we're we're taking a big step down now. Now we now we're going to talk Rangers with Evan Grant. All right, let's let's get Evan on the phone because he's ready. We're told. Yeah, we go. We're but we're going to say goodbye for now. All right, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.